Hello, my friends. Today we are talking to John, the executive vice president and referee at BattleBots, and we discuss how BattleBots has grown from humble beginnings to television sensation, the impact BattleBots has had on introducing technology to the next generation, and the future of robotics. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. How do you even get involved with something like that? Like, how did you get involved with BattleBots? Oh, it's actually a, um, just being, knowing the right people, being at the right place at the right time. I grew up with the CEO of, uh, of BattleBots, Trey Roski. We uh, were actually both dyslexics and our moms ran into each other back in the, uh, what, late 70s when uh, there wasn't a whole lot known about being dyslexic and they were looking for a school for their kids. And so uh, they met at this meeting. My mom told Trey Roski's mom about the school on the East Coast. And we ended up going to boarding school. And that, that's exactly how we met. And so uh, he's the one that started BattleBots. And I guess I've been riding his coattails ever since. Dude, that's super exciting. And my wife and I, we were watching it last night because I hadn't seen this in, I don't know, probably like 10 years. You know, like, you know, BattleBots exist if you're a nerd, right? right? Because you can't help but coming across flame-throwing robots beating each other to death. Um, but, uh, you know, I was I was like, I hadn't seen this in so long. The robots are so advanced now. I purchased, uh, I think it's just, was it Discovery Plus? Is that what you guys are on? Yeah. yeah. Purchased a Discovery Plus membership, started sk skimming through the seasons and episodes. And uh, I was like, it's just so much more intense than it was when I had seen it last like 10, 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. There's... Just uh, technology has grown so much, you know, just battery power alone has given us uh, an opportunity to create some of the most amazing robots. And I say, we, I'm, I'm obviously not one of the creators of, of the robots, but I get to watch them and I get to enjoy them. But yeah, they're, they're pretty vicious, those robots. That's why we've, we've built this incredible battle box to keep everybody safe. They move so much faster now. That's that's like the, a big difference is their agility, their nimbleness, their quickness. But when when was the first time you ever saw like robots fight? Uh, the first time was back in the early, sorry, the late '90s, and uh, my friend Trey, who is the CEO, entered this local competition in the Bay Area in, in Northern California. And he showed me some video and it's, it's quite an amazing story because they had different weight classes at that time. And they entered with the, one of the lower weight classes and they kept winning and winning until they had beaten everybody in their weight class. And then they kept moving up and, and started to beat all the big boys. And, and it was exciting to, to know somebody in it and to see somebody succeed in it and to win in it. So that was the first time early or excuse me, late nineties. So he had entered that competition. He did. He did, along with his cousin Greg and his cousin Gar. Now, Greg and uh, Trey are both uh, the creators of BattleBots. And so uh, they took that energy, that excitement, and they, they built BattleBots, something that has never been done before. So they entered this competition. They're, they're like, this is great. And now we're going to go make more of these competitions. That's right. Yep. And like, come on, John, we, we need a referee. <laughs> Actually, the very first one was, uh, it was in Long Beach, California at the Pyramid. And Trey called me up. I had a production company at the time. I was producing commercials. And Trey said, hey, do you know anybody that can help us uh, film this thing? We've never done this before. And I said, yeah, me. And so uh, we produced this very first event. It was in front of a live audience as well as streamed live back on uh, ZDNet TV, I believe is what it was called. And it was one of the largest streams of its time. And, and so I, I started off on the production side and as, as things grew and as we started to, uh, to talk with Comedy Central, I came in and, and stayed involved in the business end of things. And uh, Trey asked me to be the referee and I thought, you know, I would love to do that because it gives me a chance to do something I'd never done before, which is be in front of the camera. And, uh, and it gave me the best seat in the house. And I'm not shy about saying that. I love that part of it. That is so cool. Yeah. You could tell too, like I can see the energy that you have when you're doing it and you have any, any cool, fun stories? Like have you ever actually like really needed a ref, like pe people get upset at each other and, uh, 
we had our very first warning this season, and that was uh, pretty minimal in terms of warnings. And so, uh, yeah, they get upset, but typically they get upset at each other every now and then something happens and you just have to tell them to take it easy. But you know, it's not like Major League Baseball where, you know, they're getting in each other's face or they're, you know, somebody's coming out to talk to an umpire and, and yelling and screaming at them and we have to kick them out. We don't want to kick anybody out. You know, when you kick somebody out, you lose an entire team. You're not just losing one player. So, yeah, it, it, it's not quite that dynamic. But uh, there's a lot of emotion that's, uh, that's brought. A lot of emotion. Yeah, I, I wanted to know, like, behind the scenes if anybody <laughs> – like ever like just got up in a straight up brawl over the robots. No, nobody's brawl. Uh, I've been pushed once before. Uh, it was a little bit um, out of emotion and kind of get out of my way. You're, you're kind of in my way. And that was by one of our female uh, contestants. Uh, I've been uh, what the F ref. Uh, but, you know, m- most of the time the guys and, and, and the, the people that are involved in BattleBots are, are pretty cool. In fact, a lot of times... They're so nice to each other. You wonder, are we going to be able to create a reality show and create some drama? But this season, they brought it. This season, they really did. There's a lot of really good drama this season and, and a lot more still to come. Is it, is it like a lot of the recurring teams that come? Because I flipped through a couple of the seasons just to try to like watch the progression. So how does that work? Like, How do you guys get these teams to... Are they doing it because they love the robots? Is it helping promote the business? What's the drive for these people? You know, I'd say the drive is, it's different. It varies from team to team, but the commonality is they love it. They love to do it. They love to build. They're amazing, amazing thinkers. They come from some of the most uh, amazing careers. Uh, These engineers, uh, and some of them are are engineers by trade or by school, and and others just pick up the craft by learning. And so... um, I, I think I've gotten lost in the weeds of your question. So if you want to ask it again, I wouldn't mind trying to uh, answer it. Oh, no worries. I don't even remember what I asked. <laughs> but um, I was, I think I was on like Netflix or Amazon Prime and I saw this movie. I thought it came out this year, right? Like I thought it was a new movie, but I found out the other day in our production meeting, it's pretty old. Uh, it's called Real Steel with Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this, this robot fighting thing is like penetrating culture. It's, it's becoming like a, a, they, they fantasize that so far out. That was like battle bots in 2100. Did they call right. you up when they, when they were making that movie? You know, um, the movie was a lot of fun to see because it involved what we do. Of course it created a level of, uh, of interest where, People wanted to see robots fight like that, and we're just not quite there yet, but we're getting close. And this season, we introduced some walking type of robots, but what they created was all out of, of course, CG. And so we're uh, we're real in real life. Everything you see is built. That's so cool. I, I was talking with David. He's like the Elon Musk of robotics over in Germany. He is such a cool guy, but he has a company called Neurorobotics, and they make yeah. these like incredibly intelligent AI type robot. I'm describing it horribly right now, but they're just really, really cool robots. I think they call them cobots because they work with humans. But I was thinking, I was like, I wonder, like, could David enter? Do you guys have restrictions? Like, do you ever have really intelligent robotics companies come in with super advanced technology or are there restrictions on that? Uh, I don't think there are any restrictions on that. Uh, They would just need to come up with something cool and uh, submit like everybody else does. We would love to have more and more companies like that come in and try to showcase their talents on our show. That would be great. Can we build an AI one or does it have to be remote controlled? Oh, no, you can definitely build an AI one. In fact, um, uh, Chomp has had some AI components built into their robot. And so uh, they have a giant hammer that comes down and they use AI to help target that hammer. Hammer. So the more technology evolves, the, the more we evolve. So we would love to have more and more. And if you want to do an introduction, I'd be happy to talk to them and see what, uh, what their interest would be. That would be great. Yeah, I would love to see Neurorobotics do a, a battle bot. That would be unbelievable. We, John, we are like living in the future. Things are happening so fast right now. It's unbelievable. It's true. It's true. I mean, it's, it's all around us. I mean, it's, it, the, the medical world is exploding. 
industry is exploding with robotics. I mean, ro robotics and technology touch every part of our lives. I mean, I, I wake up to my um, to my Amazon Alexa, and uh, you know, I, I go to bed uh, to uh, all kinds of technology around me that I'm relying on. Calendar invites. Um, you know, I'm, I just bought a new dishwasher where when when the cycle is done it opens the door to let the steam out automatically so it, it is quite amazing yeah i've built this entire business over doing zoom interviews it's that's true yeah yeah it's we're we're living in the future i remember seeing this old old video i i don't i don't know if it was like the 30s or the 50s or but it was this computing system this guy at a compute like giant computing center and he was talking about how in the future uh, people would be working from home and calling in and doing these video calls and pe people mix that video together with some awesome music and it, it cycled around the internet and it's like he just described it perfectly but it was just back in the time like way back so man i'm i'm excited for the next 20 30 years what about you oh definitely you know i have two young kids and um it's funny i um i showed them a car key that you actually put into the car to turn it on. And I don't think that they'll drive cars. I think they'll just pull up their device, summons a vehicle, it'll come, pick them up, take them wherever they wanna go, and then the car will go off and help the next person. So uh, there, there are a lot of things that, uh, and they'll be completely entertained while they're in that car. Maybe it'll be uh, you know, uh, augmented reality, 3D, something, uh, really unique and, and cool that we hadn't thought about before that we can do while we're in the car. Yeah. The thing you just described, if you own a Tesla and you've got the auto driving beta, that is a right. complete reality. Yes. And most of the people within our company have Teslas except for me. And I think that's in my future because it, it is such a neat car to have all that uh, driving technology and it's only going to get better. I know I've got, I've got a bunch of people around me that have one, but I haven't gotten one yet. And I just keep seeing them and they just year after year, they, they become, they're like these magical driving experiences. And, uh, I'm like, just look at the price tag. And I'm like, Oh, one yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day they'll, they'll all be, you know, autonomous and you know, who, who knows, maybe that'll help us, uh, interact more instead of driving right we'll be able to to communicate more with people inside our vehicles that is very true i like some of the concept designs where the vehicles are completely rearranged where right like two couches facing each other essentially interacting with people or doing work and my wife and i were talking about it because we've got two young kids um aria's age four and lachlan's around two but they uh we were like I don't think we'll buy them cars. I think we'll buy them a subscription service. Like I think we'll subscribe. Right. We'll have like a family share plan. We'll press a button and a vehicle will come get us and take us where we want to go. Cause I mean, they're what, 12, 12, 13 years away from that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've got an eight year old and a six year old. So I'm, yeah. I'm in that same boat and I'm excited about that. I think that's going to be a really neat world to live in, to be able to, uh, to subscribe to a vehicle service, you know, much, much like you would to a, um, not that I do, but the, uh, the timeshare, uh, flight services where you own certain amount of, uh, of flights on an airplane and you can just accept it comes to your house instead of you having to go to an airport. <laughs> right. Like the net jet type stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, really and, then, and then eventually it will fly, right? The yeah. car will fly. We'll, we'll get there. The car will come. It'll land probably uh, in a designated area or maybe right in your driveway and it'll fly you away. Well, I think Uber had those airport, those hovercraft ports. I don't know. Did did you see, did they actually open up yet? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, obviously, there was no CES in person this year, but last year uh, I, I did get a chance to go visit the, uh, I forget what they call that thing, but uh, it's it's huge. I don't think it's something that you could land in my driveway, but it certainly can land on top of a building or in an open field. And uh, I, I know it's just a prototype at this point, but maybe they've advanced it further than that. But it's coming. I know it's coming. So you got to go to CES? Like, have a lot of cool opportunities come up because of BattleBots for you? Yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really think about it in terms of uh, cool opportunities. Life just kind of goes by, and I feel like I'm just on the ride with it. And uh, I've just been very fortunate to uh, to be involved. I, 
the, the greatest thing though for me is the actual show is the event is being there you know most of my life i was a shy kid and it wasn't until i uh, became an adult that uh, i wanted to break out of that shyness and so being uh, in in the um or right there with the arena and the crowd and feeling the excitement and the energy and the noise that that is the most exciting part of my life that is definitely the most exciting part of my life i i love that the people involved are just so fun to be with and it's, we're just like one big family but yeah you know i i was on um a segment with uh espn a few years back back when we were on abc and that was a lot of fun to do i've traveled to different uh, parts of uh, the world. I've met with um, many different people with different types of technology. You know, our CEO, Trey, has really done a lot of that from uh, being involved with um, Elon Musk and, um, and others from the, the technology community. Where do you guys record this? Do you, uh, is it like a stadium, a studio? We record in Long Beach, California. Uh, which is funny because it's it's not too far from where we started out our roots back in uh, in the day at Cal State Long Beach, but uh, right across the uh, airport and literally right on the airport is an old Boeing hangar, and I think they made C seventeen or or components to the C seventeen, and uh, it's a big giant open warehouse, and we convert it into our set for a couple of months. We shoot our show, and. Uh, we can move wherever we need to. We just have to have certain size requirements, but that's where we've shot recently. I'd say the last, uh, what, four seasons we've shot there. Do you guys have like a large fan base? How, how do you keep the fans together outside of the show? Uh, good question. Uh, mostly through social media. We have a huge social media presence, you know, obviously Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And what's new to us is uh, TikTok. TikTok is exploding. Uh, you know, we're in the, um, but I think 50 million views with some of our videos on TikTok. So uh, we have a great fan base. They really seem to love us. We have a a very um, core fan base that goes back to the Comedy Central days, which I believe you saw some of those early shows on Comedy Central. And then um, we have a a newer fan base, which is uh, this younger crowd and this uh, co-viewed crowd, which is families watching together. So you got moms and dads and kids all sitting around the TV and watching it together. Yeah, that's what we were doing last night. My kids were like, whoa, look at the robots. <laughs> Do they have a favorite robot? Um, they, well, we had high hopes for the, um, I, you know, I don't know their names, but the one that had the giant thing and it like flipped up. It, oh, it was you're like, talking, yeah, you're talking about Bronco, right? Bronco, yes, there you go. Yes, yeah, yes. so we were watching the, I love how you structured the show too, because you'll do a bracket, but it'll be completed in like two episodes. So it, it keeps the attention going versus like a bracket taking a whole season. Right. Right. So I, I thought that the pace was nice. I made a note of that last night. I was like, Oh, this is really a really good pace. And I was actually surprised. Um, Cause I asked my wife, I was like, Hey, you know, after dinner, I, I need to watch a couple of these episodes so that I understand, you know, the difference between battle bots and battle bots, bounty hunters. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and uh, I, I and I haven't seen it in a while. I was like, so can you like help with the kids? Because usually after dinner, I'm like, I'd hang out with them. And, and then they all were like in the play area. And then they all just ended up migrating over and watching it and just being like, whoa, the whole time. They liked the shark one. They, the, yeah. My daughter was like freaking out when the shark one came out. She was so excited. The spinning one uh, was, it's not like Shredder. I think his name Shredder. Right. We were we were surprised because it looks like such an innocent bot, and it's like right. I don't think that thing could do much damage. But then it's got like the physics of what it could do with the spin, and it just shreds them apart. And we were we were watching Sh- uh, Shredder take on the shark or something like that. It was just it was it was it's way more exciting now than it was ten than in my memory. I I'm actually going like at first no joke. I was like, I'll just subscribe to the trial and like cancel it after the week to just watch this. And then after like we watched like two or three hours of this last night, we're like, all right, we're just going to stay on this because there was a bunch of other cool shows that were uh, on the Discovery Plus. But we actually, I was surprised that it's like the one geeky thing that um, they'll watch. They want to watch with me. Like I'll watch my origin documentaries or something technological like that or or Year Million or something. They don't really want to watch that, but they want to watch the bots. 
that's cool. You know, we get all kinds of feedback from our fans and a lot of parents write into us and they say things like, thank you very much for um, inspiring my, my child to get off the couch and to go build, want to build something in the garage or start to use their brains in ways that, that they never thought about. And what's really cool about BattleBots is it not only attracts the, the geeky mind person, but it also attracts those that just are fascinated by the action, the entertainment, and then they discover, hey, you know what? I'm actually pretty good at this kind of thing too. So it, it's, it's really fun to watch that. And it's great to see a family like yours get into it and, and um, you know, young kids that, that just want to uh, sit there and enjoy the entertainment. And they don't even realize that there's so much going on that they're actually learning part of, uh, of what the future is going to look like for them. Because a lot of these things that these guys are building into these robots are technologies that are being implemented all across the board in many different uh, sectors of the world. No, you're exactly right. If you take a, a kid and say, I want you to sit down in this electronic electrical engineering class and go through these textbooks, they're like, no. But if you show them a flamethrowing robot and they want to make one and you just say, here's some resources you'll need to make it, go put it together, that drive to achieve that outcome will result in them learning a lot. Yeah. And, and what's what's cool too is that uh, there's no gender barrier with BattleBots. And so you get men and women competing at the same level and it's all just about their brain and their ability to, to create something. And so um, what's really fun to see and, and almost magical is you get people that, um, uh, especially uh, young girls that want to go talk to the, the female teams and find out what inspired them. And, and then all of a sudden they get inspired. And so I, I know that um, historically there haven't been a lot of, uh, of women involved in engineering. And so this really helps uh, bring that out in people and, and, and want to get involved. So we, we really like that aspect of it. Yeah. Last night there was, um, I don't know if it was chomp or it was the one that had like the legs that could spin 360, but yeah, it had like, a, yeah, it had like a pregnant yeah. woman as like one yeah, of the Zoe, people. Yeah. yeah. Zoe and my wife, right when she saw her, she was like, Oh, I'm on her team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I talked to a lot of different companies and, uh, one of the big technology companies out here in California, I, I had a nice conversation with them and, and they said, you know, we're, we're looking for more women to get into the field because we find that they're very good at being engineers. They're able to multitask and there just isn't enough of them. And so whatever we can do to help encourage that. And we love the fact that your show does that, but uh, that was eye opening for me. And, you know, something I really never thought about either way, but yeah, you know, we certainly live in a world where, Hey, if, if you've got a talent, you can show it off just your, with just your phone and, you know, your social media account and you're going to get attention. So I, I think it's, that's another nice aspect of technology that we've seen is it, it's really helped people grow that maybe get left behind because uh, they have no platform and now they have platforms to demonstrate their abilities. Yeah. And as a, like a craftsman, you know, cause so my background is software engineering, I did that for like 17 years until the show got more popular and I still have a team of, of software engineers, but I'm just not doing that full time. But to build something, right, and to see it and then to put that out into the world, the users have no concept of, like, who built it. More often than not, like, right, like these lights in the studio, like, I don't know who manufactured these or who engineered or designed them or came up with them. So it's really about, like, the. I think it's really cool that with BattleBots, it's just the robots fighting. It's whoever brings the best robot. And as I was sitting there, I was, like, thinking of ideas of how we could design a robot that could like dominate all of these robots. And what'd you um, come up with? Oh. <laughs> um, I I don't know exactly, but uh, I don't know exactly how it looked, but the idea is that it would somehow eat the other robots. Okay. All right. Okay. Cause like everybody's doing these like spinny things or hammer right. things. And I'm like, if you create like if you think of like a staple, like you know, like a square, like and it just consumed right. the robot. Yeah, like, like a paper shredder, but on a robot level. Yeah, like have you ever seen those videos on, and this might be like a TikTok, I don't know, I'm not on TikTok, but I've seen them before where they're like these steel things that you can put like a, you could put like a dumpster in it and it would just turn it like butter. I was yeah. like, we just make one of those on wheels. 
and just yeah, have it was, walk uh, towards it. An, an episode of The Walking Dead where they tried to get the some of the walkers to fall into one of those, right? <laughs> nice, nice. That would be a smart move. That's what I would do. Yeah, exactly. So, and it was in like a junkyard, and so obviously this thing was used to shred, you know, large large objects and metal and so forth to break it down to, you know, compact it. Is that legal? Is that legal in bat? Like, if I built like a a movable shredder that would just shred it, is that legal? You know, we we certainly want to take a look at the design. Uh, there there is a a, a build rule um, or uh, an operation rule that you cannot have an entrapment device, and that may fall under the entrapment. But oh, it uh, would be. It would definitely would. Yeah, <laughs> it's an entrapment you know bot. <laughs> we love to see people's ideas. Everything starts with an idea. Who knows? Maybe one of your. We don't want to discourage ideas, and so anything is reviewable. That's just a matter of what we think is is best for the show, and if it fits well with our rules. And you know, our rules are are evolving, just like they do uh, in the NFL, NBA, NASCAR, any sport out there. You know, in order to make the sport better, the rules have to evolve. So we'll do the same thing, and, and we have done the same thing. Yeah, I was like, I'm assuming there's no projectiles. There are. There are a few. There projectiles. are projectiles. Yes. There's no ordinance. Like I can't like sticky grenade one of them uh you know um i'd have to go back and review the rules <laughs> you know, by, the, by the time the robots get to the arena the safety team and uh the team that literally just goes in depth and and s- sees how the robot is made is all done before it gets to me i don't know if that one would pass or not but i do know that they've used magnetics to to um to try to disable a robot. I know that, uh, you know, flame is obviously used and projectiles are used. I, I don't know if you can use an explosive though, if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. <You're> just... <laughs> <laughs> can, can my robot be like the sponsored by like the SWAT team and it do the reverse instead of disabling the ordinance, it goes and it places the ordinance onto the other bot and just C4s right. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Have you ever had anyone do like uh like a liquid nitrogen to to spray it and then break it up. I don't believe so, but that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if that would pass either. Just uh, based on our allowed chemical uh, warfare type stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I like all of these type of thinkings because that's what brings out the the next great bot, and we're always looking for it. You did ask me a question. I remember now. You asked me a question earlier on about. Um, where these guys come from? Are they repeat? And I don't think I ever fully answered that. Some of these guys came from our original Comedy Central show and they've either evolved their robot, they've given them new names, they've completely changed their designs. Some of them kept with similar designs, uh, but we're always looking for new talent. Uh, the, the show is, is fun because you get to see the old teams come back and compete again that you cheered for last season. Plus you get to see some new ones. And so it's kind of uh, the same with, with any sport where you get these, uh, these veterans that you expect to perform really well at a high level. And then you get these rookies that come in and, you know, you never know who's going to surprise you. And, and we've had a lot of nice surprises this season with the rookies. Have you guys ever done like a tour where you take it to different cities? No, we've never done that. We've had some, smaller collegiate type competitions that we did oh maybe about uh 10 15 years ago but we'd like to we we'd certainly like to take battlebots on the road it comes with a certain set of challenges the arena itself is so uh it's 50 by 50 foot square it's made of uh, really solid steel the floor alone uh, the walls, the ceiling, all the Lexan, you know, the, the clear glass, it's all bulletproof glass that protects us all. It's a monster to move, to set up and, and to disassemble. So we've got to figure out, we've got to engineer a way to do that and, uh, and find a place that has the space to do it. And then we can take it on the road and do that. But that is certainly in our plans. We would like to do that. And, and we talk to people quite often about that. And we get yeah. invitations from all over the world to bring it. So that's that's something it's there. That, I, I think it would do great, right? That's like, I mean, that's what real steel is. It's all these different arenas and fighting and with the robots. I think I think that would be super super cool, especially because of your popularity on like TikTok. And I mean, if you're getting 50 million views on videos, people will 
I will pay. I would pay. That's how I I use myself as like my guinea pig. Would I pay? I'd pay fifty to seventy five dollars on a Saturday night per ticket to go see some BattleBots fight. Cool. If it was, if it was more, I probably would still do it. But <laughs> that's just off the top of my head. We we when we're allowed to have an audience, we get people coming from all over the world. They pay, you know, they pay about that for a ticket, maybe a little bit less, but they pay, you know, their travel expense from coming from another country, you know, the flights, the hotels, the rental cars. I mean, it's a big investment. They use their vacation time to come watch the show and they do it over and over again. It's not like they do it one time and they're done. We have some people that really love the show. So if we can bring it to them, how exciting would that be? And it just opens up the world to us when we're able to bring it to them versus people having to come to us. It's great that we have media like uh, broadcasters all around the world, um, social media all around the world, but there's nothing, nothing like seeing BattleBots in person, feeling when two robots impact, what that sounds like. Uh, sometimes uh, you can feel the heat of that flame. You can... Um, see the sparks unlike you know the camera that shows you that one angle you can see a wider view and then what's fun too is just to see how the audience reacts what's the craziest robot fight you've ever seen the craziest robot fight would probably be i mean we've had a lot of really crazy robot fights uh sometimes fights end where uh, robots continue to spin uh, like shredderator did this last week and they just spin and spin and spin and all these engineer minds try to figure out how to stop it. And we just say, we're letting the batteries spin out because that's the safest thing to do. And that's what we do. And we just sit there and wait. But as far as fights go, I would say the, the most interesting fight, the most exciting fight was this season. And it was uh, Witch Doctor and Hydra. And those two bots went at it back and forth. And you, you couldn't tell who was going to win. Um, Hydra has this incredible pneumatic flipper. And it just flips the heck out of its opponent. and Witch Doctor got flipped, I don't know how many times and how many feet, I mean, 10, 15 feet into the air, and it would just come back. And uh, it's got this uh, spinning grinding blade on the front of it, and it would go at Hydra, and, and uh, sparks were flying everywhere. And it was, uh, it was a controversial um, fight because I believe that one ended in decision, and, and rightfully so, because it was two great competitors going at it. So from an excitement level, I would say that was one of the most exciting fights that we've ever had. Was that this most recent season? Yeah, I think it was uh, episode maybe two or three. So if uh, you're able to go back on. I'm going to I'm going to go look at it. I'm going to show them tonight. Uh, what were the you said, which doctor? I'll look for it in the description. Yeah, Dr. Doctor. Hydra. Yeah. Two great uh, veterans. Uh, Hydra. Uh, they were involved, I believe, uh, in some of the early Comedy Central years, they actually help out quite a few teams because they make a lot of components for BattleBot parts. And so uh, they're, they're seen behind the scenes in a lot of the BattleBots. Yeah, has like a whole economy emerged from this? Certainly within our world, you know, the whole robot economy. But, you know, these are engineers. So, you know, they're building for everyone and, and they utilize their skills that they've gained from BattleBots or from the things that they do in, in their in their real jobs, let's call them, and they bring them into battle lots. So I think we're we're still just just breaking the ice on this whole robot technology. I, I think we've got a long way to go. It's really exciting what we've seen so far, but what we're going to see in the future, I can tell you. For me personally, I would love a robot that would do the laundry and clean up the kitchen. You know, <laughs> that'd be great. Just some simple things like that. That's what I told Neuro Robotics. I was like, look, give me a robotic where I could put on like a mesh suit and like go through the motions and it could learn and I could train it on how to do my laundry and like train it on how to unload my dishwasher. And I'll just wear the suit the next 25 times I'm doing it. And then, you know, we should be able to use the AI to figure out how to, how to replicate that. That's, uh, right. so that's what I was pushing. I think one day, John, I think we're all going to have these robots in our house that are going to just help right, us right. with this stuff. Yeah. And, and I hope I'm around to see that because I think that's going to be really cool. And um, I, th I think we'll have to come up with uh, some standards on how we use robots, but there's a lot of good that can be brought. And especially when you think about, um, you know, if you have a parent 
uh, or a loved one that's ill and um, or just towards the end of their life and they need a little bit of extra attention and you can have a robot come in and uh, and help you there you know 24 hours a day did you listen to the neurorobotics episode I didn't. I didn't. Oh, that's like one of his things. I told you, like, I call him like the, I call him the Elon Musk of robotics, but yeah, yeah, that was one of David, uh, his, like, he literally mentions that specifically in his bio. He thinks like that's going to be a huge area because they're low paying jobs. People don't really want to do them and there's a high volume of need for it. And, um, it could really improve the, the quality of life for older people in these like, you know, retirement homes or just old age. Uh, because there's these simple tasks that these robots could be trained to do, and that would just be be helpful. I think that's a really solid business model. The fact that you bring it up too, I, th- I think a lot of people are thinking about it. Then, yeah, well, it was it was personal to me. I I saw my dad. You know, he he loved tennis. He played tennis into his seventies. The only reason he gave up tennis was because my mom, his wife, was uh, starting to become ill and needed more assistance and help. And she was worried that he was going to hurt himself. And then uh, the two of them would be stuck. So he gave up playing tennis and, you know, into his eighties, he developed brain cancer. And so he was in a wheelchair for a couple of years. He was in skilled nursing, assisted living, uh, watching him struggle so much. And, you know, the cost of AIDS to come in, how many people it took to, you know, to get him onto the, uh, to get him into the restroom or a shower, you know, all those things through AI, we can learn how to best do that to make somebody as comfortable as possible. Plus you eliminate the, um, I don't know if shame is the best word, but the feeling of, of not having your own privacy when you have to go to the bathroom and have something, you know, somebody that has to help you. You know, if you if you have a robot do it, you know, it's just an appliance at that point. You know, it's like changing in front of the washing machine, right? So you don't you don't have that um, exposure. Yeah, you know, when you say it, it definitely does feel like like shame. Like when I when I was um, when I was about thirteen, I got hit by a car and I was in a wheelchair for almost two years. Um, but I had to go through that process of, you know, not being able to walk and then having somebody, uh, like help me, you know, go to the bathroom, shower and things like that. And it is not a fun thing. If that, if that could have been an appliance, that would have been like a thousand times better. It definitely humbled me a lot, (laughs) but all I could say is, you know, it wasn't fun. And, uh, and yeah, I'm definitely for, for that. Yeah. And if you back up, you know, even further to, you said a car accident. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, technology in the future can prevent things like that. Right. So you don't have to be in that position in the first place. I know she was texting and driving. If we would have had autonomous um, cars with, I mean, this was, I am 33 and this was 13. So this is 20 years ago, you know, and uh, it's crazy to think about how you can remember 20 years ago today. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah autonomous vehicles or something or yeah that would have would have made that not happen but um i am very very grateful for technology and and looking forward to uh to all of this stuff I'm, i want to i want to ask a couple more of my ideas on the robot can sure. I, I i haven't seen drones can i is there any is there like a no flying rule uh, you just need to see more episodes, my friend. Oh, we I have, haven't seen. Oh, okay. I need to watch more season, episodes. This season, we have one drone. Uh, in fact, if you go to last week's episode, you'll see it. So go to, uh, I believe, the Discovery Plus. You can watch all the previously aired shows, yeah. right? And uh, watch last season. You'll, okay. you'll, see, you'll see a drone. But yeah, we've had drones. I, I think drones are fun to watch. They're really challenging, number one, uh, to be able to drive in such a small space is challenging. Plus you've got walls and you've got a ceiling and you've got a floor below you. So air is constantly circulating around you. So you're fighting your own, your own wind, so to speak. And those robots move so quick. And so, you know, drones kind of, you know, float a little bit. And so they're, they're trying to keep up, but it's kind of fun because they can shoot flame down on top of a robot. And that just adds, Mm. you can't see what the flames do to the outside of the robot, but inside it could cause some damage. It can cause wires to melt. It can cause some of the technology inside to uh, not function properly. So yeah, they, they, there's definitely a, 
a place for drones inside BattleBots. And I don't know if we've seen uh, the the most exciting way that they can be used yet, but I think it's coming. Yeah, I want to like take a drone, do an air compressor with like a nail gun, and just poof, like put stakes down into it. Or um, I want to use a drone and plant uh, uh, an EMP device. Are we allowed to use EMPs? I mean, that could knock out the video equipment. Yeah, you know, I'd have to go back. It's been a while since I've looked at the <laughs> rules. I'm not on the build side, so forgive me on that. I'm on the uh, the more uh, operational side of once you get in the arena, can you do certain things? Yeah. But uh, I, I don't. I don't think we can. And I'll tell you why. You don't want to start a fight by stopping a fight, right? Because you get in there, shoot an electronic pulse, you've disabled the other team, you've won, you're excited about that, but everybody else, including the people that are watching, are going, that was boring, right? So Because they're, they're upset because their iPhones are fried. <laughs> yeah, that could be too. <laughs> and all of our technology around the arena. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So you want it to be a fun fight, right? You want it to be a good fight, like an equal. Do you get to know who you're fighting before you fight them? Uh, yes, yes. Most of the time you do. And, uh, you know, so we've got the pit area, which is in the building right next door, but the two buildings are combined. And so there's just a walkway between, between them. And we have feeds going into that building. So while you're working on your robot, you can see the current fight. And so what, what teams do is they are constantly looking at how the other team is driving, performing, how their bot is built. Uh, there was an, a great example of that. Hydra, which is an exciting bot, causes a lot of damage by flipping its opponent up in the air, built a what they called a cow catcher, and it literally went on the front of their robot, and it kept the other robot away from them. And so they knew before they even got to BattleBots that there was a possibility that they were going to fight them. But once they knew that they were going to fight them, they put that special attachment on, and they were able to, uh, to use that quite effectively. Have you had any bipedal robots like walking around? Yeah, Chomp actually is our first walking robot and incredible technology. Zoe built an amazing bot. I think it's going to come back uh, bigger and better. Uh, it it kind of, it looked like a, uh, like beetle legs underneath mm -hmm. it. A lot of, a lot of beefiness to that bot. And uh, this was our first, uh, first season of allowing walking robots. And with walking, we allowed up to 500 pounds. Uh, with uh, with non-walking, it's only 250. So you actually get a weight advantage. And that's a big deal because the 250 bots are literally shaving off pieces of metal to get their robot underweight. Hmm. So, so there's some weight limits. And I can I can read about the limits. I'm sure there's there are so many people listening to this that I'm sure like are just scheming and thinking of ideas of how to make these robots. But on the website, I'm assuming there's a list of like ideas or things you can't do yeah the, the the full rules we've got design and build rules that are on there as well as tournament rules on the website and they're all available to the public yeah, i encourage you if you're interested in battle boss please go read them ask questions uh you can get onto um our facebook groups uh, people ask questions all the time what type of steel do you use what do you do for this how do you design that and it's a great community and, and what's really nice is that uh, these teams most of them are open to sharing just about everything that they've done but there's one aspect that you can't discount when it comes to competing in battle bots you can build the most amazing machine but if you don't know how to drive it then you're not going to do very well, most likely. And so uh, what we've seen over the last seasons are really the teams that uh, have really stepped up their driving ability or have demonstrated how well they can drive. And that makes a big difference because when you're going up against a spinner, you're going to hear a lot of teams say, stay away from the wall, stay away from the wall. Because when you get hit by that spinner, where are you going? You're going right into the wall. And yeah, you may get hit by that spinner and damaged by that spinner, but you're also going to get hit and damaged by colliding with that uh, steel wall. So yeah, learning how to drive is a, is a key component. And that's hard to do because you can't take a 250 pound or 500 pound battle bot out onto the streets and just compete it. So you got to start small, start with, uh, you know, there's all kinds of local competitions where you can learn at a very small level and you just slowly build yourself up and then make it to BattleBots and compete in a world championship, right? 
That is awesome. Of course, because you got it. And if you do uh, the new BattleBots, what's that one called again? BattleBots Bounty, that one? BattleBots Bounty, yeah. You can win cash. Do you win cash in the other BattleBots? Yeah, you win cash in the other BattleBots. The Bounty, though, is is the newest and most exciting thing because it's really some of the greatest legacy robots that have been around the sport for a long time. And it gives people that really wanted to fight them a chance to go head-to-head with their favorite bot. And so it's like it's like the all-star of BattleBots being able to compete against them. And um, there was uh, one team I remember who said, and they were they were one of those all-star who said, "Yeah, we got to bring it because we got to show that we still got that that we're worthy of being here, and uh, we don't want to be a an all-star that loses." Yeah, and that's it's really cool because that's like it's something that you can't do with humans. Like we can't go fight like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Like either, you know what I'm saying? You can't go fight the the people of the past that inspired you to get there because the humans age and 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 die. But like the robots, you can go do that. I think that's really smart. I think it's really cool. Yeah, there's the whole element of of having a sport where nobody gets hurt. You know, football we're worried about you know concussions and broken bones and and um and car racing. You know, the worst can happen, right? And in BattleBots. It's a safe environment. Anybody can compete. You could be pretty much any age, male, female, it doesn't matter. You just have to be able to bring your smarts to it and nobody gets hurt. It's, it's really, really a great sport in that regard. And it's exciting for the whole family. Everybody loves it. I remember back when we, we did ABC One, which was about six years ago, we were a completely different type of show uh, we're a completely different type of show in in any entertainment world, but for ABC, we were so different. They, I don't think they really understood who we were, what we were. And, and in fairness to them, we had never been on their network before, and probably those people that brought us in weren't around when we did it on Comedy Central. And so I remember reaching out to various departments like PR, the lady in PR, telling her, you've got to come to the show. That's the best way to understand BattleBots. And she's like, yeah, really not my thing. And I said, and I don't care if it's your thing or not. This is part of your network. You got to come. And so she said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come. And she came, she called me up afterwards. She said, John, I lost my voice. I was screaming so loud. That was the most fun I've had in a really long time. Thank you for making me come to that. So as you can see, I love the show. It's fun to share it with people. Um, I'd love to have, I'd love to have you down and yeah. bring kids. It would be a lot of fun. Dude, we would definitely come. You, you just recorded it though. Cause I saw in the most recent episodes, they have masks. Do you, do you record them all at once? Like, are you recording right now? How does that work? Yeah, good question. Yeah, a lot of times we get questions. Uh, can we get tickets to next week's show? We shoot the whole season within two weeks. So all the fight footage that you see is shot within two weeks. That we shot back in, what, October, September, somewhere around there. And typically we shoot in the spring, around spring break. Uh, Obviously, you know, the world has changed, so everything's kind of up in the air when we're going to do it again. But, uh, But we're planning on it, and we're planning on having an audience back at some point. This was the first time we didn't have an audience, and part of that was really disappointing to not be able to share that. Uh, the other part was, you know, there were some good learnings that, that we took away from that because it was a closed set and we were able to, uh, to actually talk to each other and, um, and, and learn certain things. So it'll just make the next time we have an audience even more exciting. But yeah, we shoot in Long Beach typically. An audience of about 2,000 people come, maybe 2,500, depending on how we set things up. And uh, we love it when families come. That would be great. We love it when people from uh, any walk of life come, but especially the technology world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely. And we could do some promotion for it, too. We could do like some behind the scenes stuff and just really amp it up. And I won't be surprised if like I get calls from people after this episode uh, asking. Normally, we do like technology leadership. We try to flip it into three categories, uh, like to educate, entertain, and elevate. That's our, our mission. So this is like falls under our entertain thing because we're all geeks and we love this stuff. And I was just so grateful that you were willing to come on and talk and, and share about it. everything you guys do at BattleBots. Is there anything that, that we left out or we didn't cover that we want to get out there? 
Yeah, uh, there's um, one thing that I work on that I, I think your audience would be interested in, and that's, um, you know, BattleBots loves to partner with technology. We love to partner with people that are in our space, whether, you know, you're an engineering company, you know, whether it's on the hardware or software side, if you're uh, building something, welding, uh, you make steel, electronic components. We love to partner with companies. We have a, a company that we partnered with that has a franchise of remote controlled lawnmowers called Mobot. And uh, they they got involved in sponsoring the show. They actually sponsored a bot and uh, they've seen their business grow quite a bit because of it. But we're, we're pretty careful with um, what sponsors we bring in. First off, you don't see sponsors plastered all over the place and that's by design we don't want it to become you know a, a candy store of sponsors everywhere and we want them to be relevant to our audience we want our audience to be able to relate to the product and that only helps our sponsor because they know that our audience uh, is a potential customer or can at least help their brand grow no and i i noticed that last night too i because that was a big thing when we did our show i was like i never we're never going to have like pre-roll or mid-roll ads and any of that stuff. And, and we've, we've stayed true to that. But um, one of the notes I made last night was the way you present the sponsors. It's cool because it's within your, it's clean. I guess that's the best way to say it. It's clean. Like you'll show the sponsor or the robot and it's like got the different logos of who's sponsoring this, but it doesn't look like that NASCAR 1980s website plastered feel. It, it like sits well within the brand. And I think that brings more value to the sponsors than it would if you just pasted logos everywhere. So I thought you guys did that in a really classy way. Yeah, and uh, you know, you you can sponsor a team, and you can sponsor a team in many ways. I mean, the best way is obviously to help them financially, but uh, a lot of our teams do uh, trade sponsorship, so they're able to get components and various parts through their sponsor. And then on the corporate side, us at, at the BattleBots level, we're able to put you really right front and center in inside the battle box arena and have your your brand or logo appear during the fight but we only have one during that fight we're not going to have multiple and we do that just as you said we don't want that uh, eye candy everywhere of, of brands we want you focused on the fight that's what we want Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.